So I'm excited tonight to be here. I'm excited for what God has for you and for this nation. And I pray as I speak tonight that you will receive what God is saying for you. God has such an incredible call on each one of us. And I pray, God, that tonight that you encounter God in a beautiful way. So let's start by praying, because if it's not for the Holy Spirit, it's just going to be words. And you're going to like it or you're not going to like it, or it's going to go over your head, or you're going to zone out. But I tonight want to believe that it's going to be an encounter for you. That tonight will be the beginning of something amazing in your life. That you will realize the purpose of the destiny that God has for your life. And that you are very important in this nation. And I don't just say that. I really mean that. That God's calling on your life is essential for God want, what God wants to do in our nation. So that you will lay hold of it all, what God has for you. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Jesus, for this night. I thank you for this generation. I thank you for this nation. God, I so know how much you have called this nation to rise up to a new level in you, Father. And I thank you for this generation that longs for more of you. So Holy Spirit, I welcome you right now. God, if you don't show up, God, it's just going to be words. We welcome your Holy Spirit. We welcome your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that you would release your ministering angels right now all across this room. I pray, Father, that you will take captive every thought under the obedience of Christ. I pray, Father, they will not hear my voice, but they will hear you speak into their spirits. I pray for an awakening. An awakening that will start in Edmonton and go across our nation to the nations of the world. And Father, these people here are hungry for you. They are waiting to hear what you have for them. So open their ears, open their eyes to see what the Spirit of God is saying in this moment for them, Father. And it's Advent. We are the season of Advent, waiting on the birth of Christ. God, let this be a waiting in time for them to experience all that you have for them, Father. So once again, Father, we will give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise, because you're a mighty God who's getting ready to set a nation in a course to see the world saved. And I thank you for the people here tonight. In Jesus' name. So my prayer for you tonight is very simple. I want you to fall in love with Jesus again. I don't want church to become regular. I want you to truly fall in love with Jesus again. For you to know how much God loves you and desire to spend time with you. Unfortunately, today we live in a world of consumerism. We want things the way we want it. We want it fast. And often that's how we pursue God. We go to God when we want something. We go to God when we're asking for something. When we are in need of something, that's when we go to God. But God wants so much more than that. 
He wants to have a great relationship with you. And my prayer for you tonight is that you would desire and treasure his presence more than anything else. That you truly would treasure his presence, spending time with him. Many of you have fallen in love, and that is between a man, between a man and a woman, how you just, those beginning days and even today, <laughs> you just, <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> You really desire to be with somebody. You long. You, you just can't wait. And that's just such a small example of how much God wants you, how he desires you to be coming into his presence. And we're going to look at a few people today and how God used them for his kingdom purposes. And I want to start by talking about repentance. It's something we don't talk very much about today. Sin. The word sin, the middle word is I. We're going to look at Daniel and Nehemiah at the end. How God used them, but what did they do? They repented for their own sin and for the sin of the nation. And this is where I want us to start today. For God to use us, for us to realize that we have walked in sin and we have sinned. And that we will come to God and ask him to forgive us. Matthew 3.11 says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. I am not worthy to take off his sandals. He himself will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Water represents the baptism so of repentance. So when you... We get water baptized. Water is cleansing. The way we're supposed to drink a lot of water, the way we, to cleanse us. So if you think of the water that represents the baptism of repentance, but fire will represent a whole new level of supernatural living. The water is, is, is essential for the fire, for one cannot be filled unless you have first been cleansed. And this is really what I want you to see. When you ask God to forgive you, and when you ask, when God asks you to stand in the gap for our nation, for your neighbors, for your work, that you will see when you ask for that, when the Holy Spirit comes in, he can fill you in such a greater way, and you will be filled to accomplish what God has called you to. So that is why it's so important that we start by repenting. I was talking to one girl here not long ago, and she's been fairly newly married, and I had suggested to her that she would ask for forgiveness to her husband. And a few days later, I asked her, did you ask for forgiveness? And she said, sort of, but maybe not that many words. And so often, it's like we want to blame somebody else. It's so hard for us to confess what we have done wrong. It's so hard for us to come to Jesus and say, would you forgive me? Forgive our nation. Because nowadays there is nothing there is right and wrong because we are scared to be judged because we have faith to believe. Because we have faith to believe for greater things. So I want you to remember now that once again, water represents the baptism of repentance. And the Holy Spirit is essential for the fire to fill you. 
So John the Baptist came with a message, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus came with the same message. Holy Spirit came with the same message, repent. So before we go on, I really want us to do this. I want you to take a moment and ask God to forgive you for your sins. Just to close your eyes for one second. Are holding a grudge against somebody? What is stopping you for the Holy Spirit to flow through you? Holy Spirit, would you speak? Would you awaken a spirit of repentance within us so you can come and fill us with your Holy Spirit? So now when we ask God to forgive us, what's next? My message tonight, I've been struggling with so much. I cannot believe how hard time I had. I came home last night in tears and I told Ken, I think you're going to have to preach tomorrow because I just couldn't seem to get it together. And uh, my heart was fighting between revival and awakening. And when I turned my phone on, there was an advertisement for a book, and the book was called More Than Revival, We Need an Awakening. So tonight, I'm calling you forth to awaken your spirit. Psalm 57, 8 says, Awaken my soul. Awaken, what does that mean? Opening of your eyes, being moved, being stirred. Twinned with the word arise. Can you see a generation arising, a generation waking up to realize who they are in God and what God has called them to? Judges 5.12 says, the call is going out to Deborah. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, sing a song. We know from Judges Five, that something very powerful is set in motion when Deborah responds. She's being awakened. She's being awakened as the leader who was already engaged with the plans of God. She's been a judge for 20 years. How long have you been a Christian? How long have you known the Lord? Maybe you're here and you're a pastor. You know God. Deborah worked for the Lord for 20 years, and she needs to be awakened. I'm calling you forth to awaken your spirit. Awake, awake my soul. The pursuit for more involves you becoming further awakened to the reality that the presence of God lives within you. Sometimes I think we forget who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit was in the Ark of the Covenant. Remember King David when he was trying to bring the Ark in? They did it wrong and someone was killed. Today I think we do to make it too light what it means to allow the Holy Spirit. Because we are carrier of his presence. You are a carrier of his presence. So we must encounter God, who is bigger than we are, in every possible way until 
he leaves a mark on us. I want us to read Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 to 28. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defend him, he struck Jacob's hip as they wrestled and dislocated his hip socket. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied. Your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. God left a mark on Jacob, and he became Israel. What are you wrestling with God for today? What is your name? And what is your name supposed to come, become? Jacob went from Jacob to Israel. Jacob had to fight with God for that. Moses in Exodus 3. Moses incurred, encountered God in the burning bush and was commissioned to go. It says, therefore, go, I am sending you. The Holy Spirit is calling you now. Therefore, go, because I'm sending you. Sorry, my mouth is so dry. Therefore, go, I'm sending you. Where is God calling you? Sometimes we always think that it's always the bigger things, the greater things. But God looks at you every day and calling you to the small thing. Are you faithful in the small things? Are you willing to give a hug? Are you willing to bring a meal to somebody? Are you willing to call somebody? Are you willing to lay your hands on the sick? Are you willing to invite somebody to church? Therefore, go, I'm sending you. I believe God wants to mark you for his kingdom purposes tonight. I pray, God, that you will experience what God has called you to, that you will know that you know that you know that you are called and chosen for such a time as this. And just as authority comes in commission, if you're a nurse, when you get your paper saying you're a nurse, you have authority to do certain things. Same way if you're an electrician. If you're a pastor, you can bury and marry people. If you are a plumber, you can do whatever. You've got authority in the commission, right? But we need the power. And the power comes in encounter. We need a personal encounter with him. In the Bible, it says the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So he has to be your God. You have to encounter him. You need a personal encounter with him. And then I, I pray that you would have divine encounters to empower you to fulfill the assignment and your commission. It's so important that you have that place. Moses, where was he? when he encountered God. He was alone. 
Jacob, where was he? He was alone. Many times when God encounters you and sets you apart for such a time as this, there are very, very lonely encounters. I remember when my husband was in a serious car accident a few years ago, quite a few years ago, but he broke his neck in two places and dislocated it. And it was a very difficult journey. But in that time, he encountered God in ways that I don't know if he ever encountered God before or after. Because in that time, the presence of God came on him in such powerful ways. Like, I had to leave the room. I could not be in the same room as him because the presence of God was so strong. And the only way he could describe it was that he felt like every cell in his body was screaming out, I love you, Jesus. He was alone. Nobody can be in that room. Many times... We like this setting. We want God to meet us here. And he will meet us here. He will start something. He will start something here. But the true encounter needs to come many times when you are alone with him. That you will pursue him like nothing else, then nothing will stop you because God has called you and God is calling you and he wants to use it to his, to fulfill the purpose and the destiny he has upon your life. Let's see what happened to Peter. When the Holy, let's read Acts 1.8 first. But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's see what happened to Peter when the Holy Spirit comes upon him. So Peter's life, first of all, changed quite dramatically after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit was upon him. When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, Shortly after, he stood up and preached, and 3,000 people were saved. He didn't go through Bible school first. He didn't do whatever first. He walked with Jesus, yes. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him and rested upon him, he stood up, and the power of the Holy Spirit allowed him to see 3,000 people saved in one day. Put yourself now in this position. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. What is that going to look like at your workplace? People were healed when Peter prayed for them. See yourself now wherever you are. You lay your hands on the sick and you see them healed. Incredible miracle. This is for you today. I'm just not talking. I really I hope you lay hold of it. This is for you today. And they were not just healed by him laying his hand upon them. When they got close to him, they got healed. Do you change the atmosphere around you wherever you are? What do you bring when you come into a room? And think now what it looks like when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What would that look like? Start dreaming about that because that's what God wants for you. 
It was only after he was transformed by the presence that his true identity was awakened and he became the rock that Jesus saw in Peter in Matthew 16. What is your true identity? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Because that is who God has called you to be, to walk in all that God has for you, to be cleansed so the Holy Spirit can fill you over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit wants to touch and transform every area of your life, making you more and more like Jesus. What could God do through you? Can you start dreaming with me a little bit? Could you lay aside what you can do? Maybe you're an expert in administration, in computers, in whatever you're good at, music, drawing. What would it look like if you allowed the Holy Spirit to fill you and rest upon you? That's the dream God has for you. I pray there will be a relentless pursuit birthed within you to go after him. Relentless pursuit birthed within you to go after him. Ask God for more. So let's just take a quick look at Daniel and Nehemiah to see what happens when they repent for their sin and the sin of the nation. So now picture yourself... When you ask God to forgive you, and when you start standing in gap on behalf of our nation, that God has chosen for the end time move of the Holy Spirit, it cannot speak, I can speak all night about the prophetic word over our nation, and I so believe it, and I'm not even a Canadian. Daniel carried on his heart the burden of the people. He mourned. He confessed his sin and the people's sin. He identified himself with Israel until God made him a flame of fire. A flame of fire. Daniel knew the time he was living in. He responded to God and a nation was saved. So if you know the time you are living in and you respond to God, what will happen to our nation of Canada? What will happen to our city of Edmonton? What will happen to the community that you are part of? What will happen at your workplace? Nehemiah. Nehemiah was brokenhearted when he heard and learned about the desolation of Jerusalem. He pleaded for months with God. He confessed his sin and the sin of his people. God opened the way and the wall and the gates of the city was rebuilt. Nehemiah met God's condition for his time and the city was rebuilt. What is God saying to you? What is he calling you to? What does it look like? When you are so full of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, would you start dreaming with God what he has for you?
because it's so much bigger than you can ever imagine right now. I'm telling you, it's so much bigger. There were 12 disciples. And we know Jesus Christ today because of those 12 disciples who were willing to give it all. 2,000 years later, far away from the original place, Jerusalem. What is history going to say about you? When you make history with God, with God, spending time with him, God will make history through you. Isn't that powerful? And all that is, is saying, I am sorry, God. When's the last time you cried over your city? I have just looking at a few people that I just love dearly because we prayed together for years for this nation, for our pastors, for those, this generation. And there's absolutely no limit to what God can do in and through you if you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and come upon you and repent. And again, I can't stress it enough. Repent. I'm, what do you call it, brokenhearted over our nation where we're going. But I know what God has spoken over this nation. So I lay hold of that. And I know that you are going to rise up and pursue what God has called you to. So I believe God is raising up a generation in Canada that is going to give over, be given over to his will and ways. <laughs> you don't have a choice, sorry. There is no limit to what God can do in and through you. And you know the revival is God's arrival. <laughs> when kingdom of heaven invades kingdom of earth. What does that look like? Many times I think we're sitting in a service and all of a sudden the presence comes and that's so beautiful and that happens. More likely, the, you are so full of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you go, you bring his presence. Think of the people close to you now. What does that look like? Safe, just... Us in here, one one person for, to the Lord in this last next week, not next week, next year, and the year after we dare to believe for two people, and those people that you already brought to the Lord through prayer and witnessing and loving them, they will bring. Imagine the increase and in what God can do through a generation if we dare to trust God to walk with us, to fill us, to allow his presence to flow through us. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by, my, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So let's ask God to fill us tonight. That's my prayer for, for you, that you will experience all that he has for you, that you will break off every lie that you have believed, that you are empowered to do great and mighty things just because he loves you so much 
and he's just longing for you to spend time with him. So let's just bow our heads and let's start trusting and believing God for what he has for you. I want to invite the prayer team to come up. And I just want those people who have never been filled with the Holy Spirit to come up. I want you to encounter God. I want you to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Walking with God without his presence is not easy. But walking with God when he's on you is a totally different thing. To learn to trust him in every circumstance, in every place. So if I could have the prayer team come up. And for the rest of you, I just want you to start trusting and believing God now for what he is saying for you. In your workplace, in your home, in your relationships, in your finances, in your faith. What is God saying to you? Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your presence. God, I pray as the people start turning their hearts, positioning their heart to receive. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will open their eyes and their ears to what the Spirit of God is saying in this moment. I pray, Father, that you will open their hearts to receive all that you have for them, Father that they will encounter you like Jacob. They will encounter you like Moses. They will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, like it did on Peter, there was nothing that would stop Peter from pursuing all that you had for him. So, Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you tonight. Call on him. You have to pursue him. Pursue him, see what he's saying for you. I'm a nurse in the bottom of my whatever. I haven't worked as a nurse for many years, but I'm an RN. And I had so many dreams walking in those hospital corridors and see people just miraculously healed. That's a crazy dream, but I believe it's a dream that's going to come through in this nation. And even tonight, if I'm planting that seed in other people that are nurses here tonight, lay hold of it. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, before you go to work, before you go and sit in that bus, before you go into your car, would you call on God to fill you? Would you call on the Holy Spirit to rest upon you?
to speak words of life and blessing and healing in your workplace. The people know when you walk in, the atmosphere change because the Holy Spirit is upon you. anyone here tonight that has not been filled with the Holy Spirit oh good there anyone else want us to go with that first are you going to believe with these people that they will be filled with the Holy Spirit transformation taking place Thank you to each one here, Father. 
is called by you, is loved by you. I pray, Father, they will encounter you in the secret place, that you will lay the mantle you have for them upon them as they call on you, Father, that they will know that they are chosen for such a time as this. God, I thank you that you're marking them for your purposes in this nation for such a time as this, Father. So Holy Spirit, as they go home tonight, in this Christmas season, I pray, Father, more than ever before, God, that they will encounter you over and over and over again. The Travis and so many other churches that are represented here, Father, that they will hear the testimony of the mark that you have left upon these people for such a time as this. So Holy Spirit, I ask of you to fill them with your presence. I pray that they will pursue you more than ever before. I pray that their heart's desire for you would be more, 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 Lord, more, Lord. That the things of this world will die. The things that so easily entangles us and keeps us away from your presence. I pray, Father, that this people would be positioned to hear your voice, to know you. And I pray, Father, for an unprecedented harvest. I pray by this time next year that everybody will be able to testify about somebody they were able to share the gospel with. That we walk in the fullness of all that you have for them, Father. That you will make them strong and bold. That you will be deposited within their spirit something very specific. I have a painting that I gave my husband in his office many years ago, quite a few years ago. It's a picture of our city. And under this, it says, and the name of the city from that day on will be, the Lord is there. Would you believe with me for this city that the Lord will be here because you are faithful to walk in all that God has for you? And trust me, there are days when you know that you know what God has called you to, that you feel like the enemy is trying to stop and destroy everything that God has called you to. But God is bigger, God is greater, and when he has given you a word, it's a word that is true in the light when you hear it, but it's also a word that is true when you go through your dark hours. And I want you to remember that today because maybe some of you had a dream years ago. And you thought that dream is done with. 
how God has called you. And I want to remind you that that dream is still true today for God to use you. Amen.